Hey everybody, welcome to Mortals Inc. Podcast. This is Carlos Robles, uh, store owner and guy who's got too much on his plate to do anything. Today we have a special show because we're going to bring in a, an outsider. <laughs> outsider. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about, uh, we brought in uh, Travis Miller. He was uh, going to talk to us about sword and sorcery. Sword and wizardry. Sword and Wizardry. <laughs> sword and Sorcery is a, is a different product. It's a different name and a product, yeah. Sorry, Sword and Wizardry by, uh, who's it, Frog God Games? Yep. Oh, yeah, they're pretty good. Uh, he's going to talk about that. Uh, and then we also have Nate Elwood, as always. Hello. The other uh, the other game reviewer. But he's going to talk about it, and um, we'll take it from there. So uh, we always like to start out with anything new going on? Well, not that anybody would be seeing this uh, in enough time, but tomorrow we have the Kill Team tournament here at the at Immortals. We're live on Facebook, right? Oh, we're live. Oh, yeah. well then. Hey, if if you uh, like skirmish games and 40k, come on up tomorrow. We have, uh, I think, 10 slot or 16 total, I think. But I think five or six have already been taken. Yeah, so, so yeah, 10 more slots. You just but it's a full day tournament. Uh, it'll be a good time. Come up. prize support or you get cool stuff. Yeah, you get cool stuff. And then, then a day of having fun, pushing little people around, going pew, pew and for rolling kill, dice for so. kill team. So and then also uh, for the rest of the store, we have the Undying Brush, which is a painting competitions that is going to be done on uh, March 21st. I did a Skaven giant rat already. Oh, nice. So I cheated. <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> Monday nights is open board game night with geekcraft.com. That is Ken. I can never remember his last name, but Ken, yeah, geekcraft.com. If you got any questions, you want to see a board game, he'll he'll talk your ear about a, off about it. And then for you... Yes, we're switching from Friday Night Fights to Monday Night 40K. Yeah, Monday Night 40K is coming back. We're going to be casual event. Yes. Happy funness. And is it going to be any game? It can be 40K. It could be Kill Team. It could mm -hmm. be... Uh, Adaptus Titanicus. Yes, what? I think I was talking to Chris from Warzone. I guess they're doing a lot of it, or he's playing a lot of it. Somebody there is playing a lot of Adapt, Adaptus Titanicus. Yeah. So. And if you want to play Necromunda or any of the GW products, yeah. uh, come on up. Uh, hopefully, I can't guarantee that everybody up here will play Necromunda or something like that. But yeah. if, if you come I mean, up for, for 40K, you have pretty good chances you find somebody to. If you have two guys. Toss that, an arm yeah, if down. you have you and a friend that play, then yeah. somebody will want to join in with you. Uh, Thursday night, we have open up to games like this, actually, for role-playing nights. Mm -hmm. uh, Thursday night's going to be an open role-playing night. We can play something different, Call of Cthulhu, Swords, and Wizardry. Uh, there's a plethora of games out there that you can play or if you want somebody to try something different. Uh, it's just open. Right now, we have open tables, so if it becomes popular, then you know we'll have to schedule tables and all that stuff. And as always, you can always rent the... Uh, Rusty Dragon Inn yes. for uh, $25 for four hours. And it's your private gaming area. With a cool table and um, a lot of support back there as far as you have miniatures, miniatures to play, stuff, put on yeah, table. Good stuff. A lot of people are going away from the theater of the mind and kind of going more into actually representing miniatures on a table. So theater is always nice. What are you, special? <laughs> that's what I call it. So that's uppity. That's uppity. <laughs> And then uh, I'm starting Arkham Horror uh, Living Card Game on March 2nd. That's going to be a Monday night. I'm going to start playing that. Uh, I like the game. I think it's a good game. And uh, I think it'll take off. I don't know. Have you played it yet? I, I've seen it. I have not actually purchased any it's, of it's it. It's good for one player. It's a solo player also. Mm -hmm. And then you can, there's plenty of background to it and everything. Like it. It's Call of Cthulhu. Come on. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. <laughs> it's got plenty of pictures, right? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Cthulhu, our next podcast is February 28th with Nate for Fate of Cthulhu. Yes. You read that yet? I've 
dug pretty deep into it. I'm I got a little bit left. It's yeah, a, it's so. shaping up to be pretty interesting. I got another. Okay, we'll we'll talk about that afterwards. But yes. I got another one I got to do for you. And then uh, it's early, but March 15th we're doing a St. Patrick's redraft. We're going to do Nancy packs, and uh, it's got two bucks in, and it's just going to be a St. Patrick's Day party. Is well, St. Patrick party ish. BYOB or no? Uh, we're not. No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't want anybody all drunked up on booze. Here. <laughs> but we're just going to have a nice time. Probably what uh, Diana's probably going to make corned beef and all that stuff. Oh, nice. So. And if uh, you know, you're not doing nothing to make corned beef. Yeah. Or that wife of yours making some corned beef. <laughs> uh, I'd probably be doing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're invited too, Travis. Oh, okay, you know. All right. Anyway, so let's get into this, Travis. How long have you been DMing? Oh, a long time. Well, I've been playing since 1987, mm-hmm. and probably DMing since 90, 91, something like that. Mm-hmm. Off and on, solid, pretty solid, hardcore. Every month, about every week since. 2010 so real real heavy for the last decade or so so consistent oh yeah so why nice (laughs) (laughs) having a group that like that's awesome people are uh it's been about four or five different groups the i've been running the same group for a year and a half now oh that's not too bad yeah that's actually i mean that's pretty good i mean that's excellent you get a good story in that yeah we got about 60 65 sessions in in that that group nice. so oh, that's pretty good playing what? swords and wizardry is that the game you're playing yeah uh, so why'd you well, give us a little overview of this and then uh we'll go from there okay so what swords and wizardry is it's what's called a retro clone and it's a retro clone uh which basically means uh it's a clone of an old game and in this particular case it's a clone of original dungeons and dragons from 1975 which for those of you who've never seen it before it looked like this um these are two of there was three books in the original box set that's two of them uh, i don't own an original complete box set because they started about four hundred dollars and go say, up. Yeah. Nate, does this make you cry with uh, the name on it? And <laughs> <laughs> it just it brings back memories of the old wooden box with the dice where you had to take the crayon and color in the pips. Yeah, yeah so exactly. those uh so uh, you can actually get these as in a form of PDF, but I don't recommend it because this game, if you don't understand, if you don't speak 1974 Wargamer, um, oh, yeah. this is unusable. Yeah. Um, this was re- uh, was put into a format so that anybody could pick it up, read through it, and play a game. It's uh, very well laid out, very simple, easy is, to understand. Is it anywhere near first edition? It is... First edition AD&D. So it is first edition AD&D with a whole lot of other stuff stripped out of it. So a lot of really what first edition AD&D was, was a whole bunch of things that got written up by fans or by Gary or by the staff at uh, TSR in the early three, four years, and then got literally cut and pasted back in the olden days when they had like rubber cement and you had to cut <laughs> a lot of it was uh, I, I just actually copy down to the top of another sheet yeah. right uh, I actually talked to Tim Cask where he was he was the uh, first editor of Dragon Magazine he lives down in Cincinnati and he's 
pretty nice guy. He uh, will talk your ear off about this stuff. Um, yeah, AD&D was basically a whole bunch of original D&D with um, house rules and stuff that was written up for the Dragon Magazine and Strategic Review and some stuff that fans wrote up. And it got slapped together into this crazy amalgam of weirdness called first edition called first edition ad and d so this is what you're saying is this is kind of first edition and it's stripped down all the extra stuff right right to base. right it still use the basic uh character creation stuff like strength intelligence yeah yep, yep. And exactly then, does it have thaco it does well it does <laughs> not because one of the things that they that they chose to do with this was it does have the uh descending armor class listing on all the stat blocks but it also has a another little thing in brackets where it tells you what the ascending armor class is so you can just go oh i need to roll a 14 because the armor class of the monster is 14 um <laughs> Kind of like fifth edition is now. Right. right. Oh, right so there. it goes down like in the old. Like, you yeah, have it, negative it, armor class. And then or you can optionally use so the ascending. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. So it does put that notation in there so that if you prefer to use, which I, which is what I use because it's much easier just to tell the player, uh, add your bonus for your level. Yeah. And to the die roll and remember, we're done. I don't even know how that came about because zero was always the hardest to hit in the original right. set, right? And then, right, and right. Then it, I remember it was negative. You could have negative two, three, four armor right. class. Right, up to so, five if I yeah, remember correctly. Goofy. And then the math was weird and you're like... Yeah, it was... You had the chart on the bottom. Yeah. Right. Every, yeah. every character class had a different chart too, right? Right. Yep. right. A fighter, you would have like... To hit zero, you would need this number and then it would go yeah, right. yeah, yeah, down yeah, from yeah. there. And Mathematically, yeah. it's exactly the same as that old chart. Yeah, okay. Except they use ascending armor class. Okay, so that makes cool. it a lot easier to to to, to how, teach somebody to do it quickly. How long is character creation for this? Uh for me, I could do it in 5 minutes. Um <laughs> for so, a new person, I can get a new person who's never played a role-playing game ever before in their life and they can run a game, they can roll up a character in 20 to 30 minutes, maybe that's max. Nice that's a, absolutely max. I've done it with new players in 15 minutes. Is there a lot of uh, room for customization to make a character? Like not just, I'm a fighter, I'm a cleric, I'm a, is, or is it really just like the old basic D and D where if you're a dwarf, that's your class and yes. everything. It's, okay. It is, it is, it is. So in terms of customization, like powers and skills and stuff like that, it has none of that. Okay. Um, oh, wow. It, it is, it is very simple. You are a fighter, you're a cleric, you're a wizard, you're a, you're a thief. Um, it does expand on the, so the original books only had three character classes, um, the original D and D books. And then in the, supplements as they went along they added um different characters so in like the uh for example the blackmore supplement they added druids right uh with an or with all the the extra stuff or no i think that was eldritch wizardry but one of those doesn't matter um they added uh so they added th the different character classes that you see in advanced D&D. Like when they, they brought along. in the, the Oriental then, book, brought in monks and right. And right. Well, I and think stuff. that came out of uh, the well. The monk came out of Blackmore. Okay. I think that was a Blackmore edition, but it didn't have ninjas and all the other stuff that was in the Oriental all adventures. That goofy right. stuff that 
right. ruined it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I just looked at it. It's, it's very basic character classes in there. Right. It's, it's nothing um, fancy. So, and part of that is because, and so there's this sort of movement online called the uh, old school renaissance or old school OR. Viv- OSR. Yeah. yeah. And, and in the OSR, there's, there's this notion that, uh, that I, agree with that the way that to define your character is by what they do in the adventure, not by a set of mechanical um, notations on the character sheet. So, you you know, oh, this guy, oh, he picked up this sword from this one place and he's that guy who carries that particular sword or he's going to, oh, I've just got 20,000 gold pieces from this adventure. So I'm going to go into town and I'm going to hire the armor smith to make me this ridiculous armor with like spikes and uh, this crest. And I'm going to have um, 10 hirelings who follow me around spreading rose petals wherever I walk and handing out copper pieces to all the kids. So the way that characters differentiate themselves in games like Swords and Wizardry is by what the player imagines and sort of... Um, so you're building it from the story point of view. Yeah, the story point of view. Which is always awesome. From the story point of view rather than the mechanical point so of view. To them, is it more important to have a better story and background and... Uh, the, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, no, all that stuff emerges Flavor. from the game. I'm just saying as you build it, as you right. go. You know, You're building as you go. Initially, uh, you just have your basic numbers. Right. And, and part it. of that's because, you know, there there is a bit of a, um, I, you know, there's there's been for a while, really, uh, a, you know, sort of notion that having as a sort of elaborate character background with, you know, my parents were killed by goblins and my village was burned down and I was a slave and I escaped and having this sad like story that. and all this I, sort of uh, stuff. No, that's just. Uh, you're 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 describing a, a lot of people's backgrounds. I, yeah, I don't right. have family. <laughs> so I don't have siblings or anything. They were all killed. I was so, a lone survivor. So they're they're sort of creating this character and defining how the character. Basically, you could almost read one of those background stories and go, "I know exactly how this character is going to behave in every circumstance for the next twenty levels yeah. from before you sit down and and a." You know, a thing about that is you can write a 2000 word um, background for a character. And then in Swords and Wizardry, you get killed by a random encounter goblin on the way to the dungeon. Um, And you're like, okay, well, that was meaningless and pointless. Um, So a lot of the 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 character story aspects of the games is a lot of it. It doesn't necessarily have to be this way, but a lot of times people who play these sorts of games are creating story through the emergent events that happen in the game. So you start out with a blank slate and you build it as you go. Right. That's what I'm getting. Yeah. Fill so the blanks as you go. Yeah, there's no right. background. It's, right. That's, that's cool. That would be like, and <clears throat> I hate to, well, I don't hate to, but like, remember the original Conan movie? Yeah. He basically pushed a, a circle, you know, he pushed right. that well for like whatever. Right. There's no background to that, you know? Right. Like he got kidnapped and he pushed a circle for 20 years or 15 years or whatever it was. Right. And then he right. built from there. They had to make Arnold Schwarzenegger look like Arnold Schwarzenegger somehow. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's true. You know, but I'm just saying, yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying there, there's no background to that. It's right. like, you know, right. you get kidnapped and you're pushing a wheel for the next 15 years. Right. And well, then you get the then gist of it. A st- yeah. It's not a good childhood. Right. No, 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 no. Right. Not a happy childhood. But, well, um, it's about 
background that you can write on an index card. Yes. And that's, and that's, you know, and that's actually a thing that I do in my game is we actually have a random uh, character background generator chart that I use. And it's like, okay, roll 2d6. All right. Well, you were the fourth child of 10 and your father was a criminal. And when you were 17, you killed somebody and then ran away from home. See, I've noticed that with a lot of sorry, but I've noticed that with a lot of newer games too that they have uh, random randomized uh, charts for background. Like Forbidden Lands has a fantastic one in there, and uh, the guide to every Mordecai's guide to everything has another fantastic one for fifth edition. Uh-huh. I I made I'm like I'm not even going to assign anything. I'm going to leave it all to dice rolling, complete randomness, and it make some pretty interesting stuff just just letting the dice fall and creating a story out of what you're getting i've i thought that was pretty cool so i i like that i mean like i use a when i when i role play i use a remember that book uh whatever that is it's a great big fat book and i might never mind casting <laughs> yes jeez my brain my brain is going to mush but that book okay yeah that i like because it's so in, it's such a huge background but it's just fun right for me but i yeah, mean yeah right. i can see where that would be you're right it does dictate how this person's going to act for the next you know whatever levels and if you deviate from it it messes up your background but yeah i could i could build it you know so, i could see where this building what uh sorry go ahead i was going to see like getting as far as rules go though like what what gravitated you towards this instead of like dungeon called classic or uh, the plethora of other fantasy games out there including dnd fifth right uh well this has been out for a while um, probably, I don't know, 10 years maybe. So it preceded fifth edition. Um, I do remember this picture from years ago, though. That's but funny. yeah, it's been a while. Um, that's an arrow Lotus, cutter yeah. cover, that. by the way. Yeah. Um, pick it up for just for that people. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of it, one of the things is, uh, a lot of newer games, although Dungeon Crawl Classics, I played that actually I have a play test credit in that book because I play tested at GaryCon when it was in the, its beta stage. No, he's name um, dropping. He's name dropping. I am. I am. Totally. <laughs> totally. Um, so, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's a game that's pretty simple, really, yeah. at its core. You can, you can rip, you can rip up four characters and run a, run a funnel and have yeah. murder and mayhem going on and, and pretty record, pretty, pretty short time. Nate, we just did a, a podcast, but Nate just reviewed that not too mm-hmm. long ago. Yeah. So. yeah, it's a great game. It's, it's it a, is. It's it a is. lot of fun. I, I like that game as well. I like this one. There was a couple reasons why I bought, why I chose this one. Um, one, it's super easy to learn. Uh, I'm uh, grown up with job, kid, wife, responsibilities, and um, I don't want to pick up something like Pathfinder or even fifth edition to a point where well, it's not as bad as fourth edition was, which was when I really got going um, was, you know, I just don't have time to weed through and learn and get a really solid grasp on a set or on a rule set. Um, that's 500 pages long. Yeah. Um, I just don't. And, and as much as I would like to, um, it's it's just not practical for me to do that. So partly Swords and Wizardry is uh, was uh, a game that I basically already knew how to run because I'd run AD&D back in the olden days and I had run um, Basic Expert more recently. It's like, well, this is super simple. Um, the layout of the book is super 
clean so I can hand it to somebody and go, here you go, make a character. Is this this is easy. the complete rules. Then, right? Yeah, that is. Okay. And that's the other thing. This is the complete rules. You could run an entire game with just that book. It's got monsters. It's got DM's advice. It's got all the spells. It's got everything in it. Just that book. So you don't have to carry around a trunk with stuff in it. Does it have any bloat? Kind of like fifth edition is getting now where they have book upon book upon book that has this, 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 and this mm, keeps coming out. No, that is something that Fraud Gog has completely avoided. Although there is an interesting phenomenon because the OSR is really a do-it-yourself kind of community network. Um, there are a ridiculous number of blogs, um, stuff on Lulu, stuff on Drive-Thru RPG. Um, I did notice that when I was researching. There is a, there's, there's a Discord server. There's a couple Discord servers dedicated just to Swords and Wizardry. Um, there's Facebook message boards and groups um, for it. So there's definitely background material. So there's a bunch of fan produced stuff for that so that if you were like hey you know i really want to try an oriental adventures kind of thing somebody has made that um there's uh there are hacks of that for like um outer space there's stuff you can beg you can borrow and steal to your heart's content. And the nice thing about Swords and Wizardry is you can kind of just, it's really easy to convert things into it. Um, if somebody hasn't made something, you can easily pick up an old book or something new um, that's for another OSR game like Labyrinth Lord or um, even Dungeon Crawl Classics to a degree, although the, the um, conversion is a little bit more challenging with that but not much i mean because the stat magic's block, a lot different yeah the magic's yeah. a lot different yeah. i mean but a stat block for a swords and wizardry monster is um hit dice which is basically level um and also tells you how many dice to roll to get its uh hit points like um, the, the armor class how many attacks it has how much damage those attacks do um and any sort of special magic magic uh shenanigans shenanigans it can do and then a save it only has a single saving throw number so you go oh it's save is 12 so if the wizard casts something on it look how simple yeah i'm just looking at right, your monsters right, right it's, now it's like, so, it's like it's like it's like six lines yeah they're so simple d8 for hit dice like in the d8, old days yep, yeah, d8. Nice. you just roll oh it's a four hit dice monster you roll four hit dot you roll four d8s total the numbers up and that's how many hit points it has or you can just do the simple well the average number is five for a hit die so you can just go it's 4d it's a four hit die monster 20 hit, 20 hit points uh, easy peasy yeah, you can you can, you can <clears throat> what's nice about this for me too is i can improv this game i can sit down and just go because players as players do will go off the rails uh and go off in directions that you don't expect them to go no and kidding. so if you have to pull something <laughs> so if you have to pull something out of the ether to um come up with an idea you can go, oh, and you come across five of these cat people with spears and wooden shields. Just, and making, just make up stuff as you yeah, go along uh, if you need to in the moment. Um, but it's but that book is also remarkably um, it's remarkably uh, 
robust because like last week I ran a fight where a uh, the players were one of the players was riding on a rock over a lake where a they were chasing a wizard that had stolen some stuff from them. And the wizard saw the rock and uh, the and made himself invisible and cast fly on himself and went up to attack the rock. Meanwhile, two of the other players had, were trying to sneak onto the boat so they could kill the guy. Um, and so there were rules for boat combat, flying combat, and um, all the magic and, yeah, all just, the, and all the weird stuff that we were doing in the middle of the game. Um, and just one was, encounter even. And just one yeah. encounter that was kind of like really weird combination of stuff going all at once, but it was in there. Yeah, it seems uh, it's really it's packed full of stuff here. Like the, even the monster section is just packed. I mean, there's a few pictures that make it nice, but uh, it's it's packed full of all the stuff. The character sheet is really simple here. In my mind, I don't know if this is accurate. This is like a skeleton. With the, here's the rules. These are as easy as we can make them, but you know, complicated enough that it gives flavor, a little bit of flavor. Right. But then you put on the muscle, you put on the flesh, and you make your story. This is. The, I doubt they have like a world that they have in here or anything like that. No, or, no. So this is just this is just here you go. Here's a skeleton. You meet it out however you want to do it. If you want to just right. sounds like because I've noticed a lot of people do like playing what I call the the uh, fantasy adolescent fantasy monster mash where I just a lot of people find a whole lot of enjoyment just sitting down having stats rolling dice and killing stuff. They really like that. And that's fine. I know a lot of people like doing that whatever. But there's games that kind of veer towards that a little more mm -hmm. and this one seems like really just bare bones here's what you need to do you make this what you want this is going to be very simple rules so that we don't have to add all this flavor to it you can just you put it in with your narrative not with our rules right that is precisely right that is uh and like oh sorry. yeah and that's and and so original D D was uh there's a historian of original D&D named John Peterson who wrote this ridiculous tome that's like this thick called Playing at the World about how D&D got created. And he describes original D&D as a make your own role playing game kit. And that's kind of what Swords and Wizardry being a clone of that is. It's really a set of tools for you to use to create a game. And so it doesn't kind of hold your hand and there's actually in the um foreword of the book they they really they talk about that a little bit where they're like hey this is this is just a this is a framework you can run a bare bones game off of this and they give you some suggestions about how to do that in the dungeon master section of the book in the back um but yeah it's totally a game where where it's the really intention that game is built for um people that want to that want to tinker and hack and mod and play with stuff. And, and, and it's built so that you can do that for a busy, I can see where this is for somebody like he was saying, like a busy, you know, you're busy, you have a life and you have kids and you have a wife and you, you know, whatever you got to do a job. This is like a quick play. I can play this real quick. Like <clears throat> my example is like, I'm running a game right now, fifth edition. And I love fifth mm -hmm. edition. Don't get me wrong. But it's a lot of work. You know, they're mm -hmm. getting up there and it's like, I got to set a day or time and say, hey, this. But it sounds like you could just grab this. And like you just said, there's, you know, what are we going to do? And it, it, the rules seem real simple. So right. that's good for like a, a 
fast play or you know yeah. some casual. Yeah, that well, and you can be you know my game group has gotten we've gotten pretty complicated because I've got characters that are tenth eleventh level. Um, they oh. have a city. They ha they um, are doing interplanar travel now. They're traveling into limbo. They've been fighting mind flayers and Gith Yankee, and <laughs> they own a rock. They just discovered a dragon egg and they're doing like wacky crazy stuff yeah, that sounds from, like yeah but it's so you can so, so it can be as complex as you want it to be but when you start it was simple but when you start it's simple <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Go I mean, here, it's, and, that's, and it's the flexibility of it makes it makes it cool do you have a homebrewed world or yeah okay yeah and and i tried so my not this campaign but the last campaign I thought I'm going to see just how bare bones I can get. So for the first three months of that campaign, my campaign maps were like a blank piece of paper that I had like scribbled, like made a circle and wrote a name of a town in and then drew a line to another circle and wrote a name of a town in it. Oops. And then some wavy lines and said, oh, that's a mountain. And. Oh, over here, another little bit of blue. Okay, just, that's, it was like something that a kindergartner drew up when, when I got it done. And I thought, I'm just going to see if I can run a game this bare bones. And it worked for, we ran that campaign for like seven, eight months. Yeah. And, and, it, and the only way. That's fantastic. You know, and, and yeah, so. For, for somebody that's busy. And not a big investment either. Right? And not a big investment. They, they also provide that uh, PDF on, if you're a PDF person uh they give that pdf away free on their website wow for this yes the whole book yeah and that was the reason they did that what's not it was <laughs> a it was a stretch goal on uh, a previous kickstarter which they actually have a kickstarter right now so this book is going to go away eventually when this print run runs out uh-huh and they're doing a uh, box set and right. this is going to be broken up into four books. So there's going to be a player book. <laughs> this. And it's going to be four digest size books. Oh, about oh okay. Like it's only going to be yeah, pages. Yeah, yeah exactly. Pages, yeah. So it's going to be uh, a player's book. It's probably like, um, what's that little box you have? Forbidden Worlds? Yeah. Uh, Forbidden Lands. It's Forbidden yeah. Lands. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be about that size. Uh, it's it's going to be four books. A uh, player's book, a game master's book a monster book and a spell book. See, that'll get it deeper too. Like with that. You right. Could, yeah. I could see. Okay. That's fine. You know, that's an evolution of a game, but yeah, this, this book is kind of, it's kind of cool for, right. For what you pay for it. And, uh, complexity level, like one through 10, 10. Oh, the worst. I would say, well, that's, I mean, it's difficult for me to, if I never played a role playing game and I said, I want to start with this, what would I, I would say that's like a, three or four would you suggest somebody new play this yeah oh, okay absolutely i about to say that the way he was describing it i'd be like yeah i'll try it try yeah it's something simple not? this is what role playing is like yeah <laughs> you know run, like run with it right right, right. especially it's, if you have somebody who's pretty imaginative to begin with and they're willing to just sort of pick something up and they don't need to be handheld through is it, it is it kind of like you got a wild imagination and then you go with a structure this is like your structure yeah okay yeah that's your that's your that's As sort opposed of like to having a structure with okay here's the here's the the imagination gets sprinkled inside the uh right the so rules. we think about a game like um rune quest which has this you yeah, know yeah, 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 yeah. encyclopedia of of uh um 
content that's been produced since, you know, 1970s, eight or whatever it was, yeah. um, you know, or or even or even a game like Forbidden World or Forbidden Lands, where there is like a whole world sort of built into it. Yeah, it's integral to the game itself. In fact, right. Without that, without their pre-made world, the system would still kind of work, but it, you'd have to do a lot to make it work. Right. Where this, you could just pull it down off the shelf, grab, grab a paper and, you know, start imagining what you want it, what you want your game to be like. Is it deadly as a character, like player characters? Is yeah, it, it really can be. It can be. Is it as deadly as uh, uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics or? Um, I would that thing ridiculous? Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> that's that's designed to like you yeah, said the funnel, funnel system. Where you right. get five characters and you they get wheeled down pretty quickly until like oh that guy survived. He's my character. So <laughs> my experience with this is for inexperienced players or players who are not used to this style of play, it can wipe out a party of players. And I've TPK t- uh, games first session of a campaign a couple times kind of always kills morale um, <laughs> um and the players sort of sit there with their mouths open yeah. going i don't oh that was that just, just a practice round right <laughs> um so yeah it can it can, and then what happens is is players become very careful about picking fights or like my players they're like okay oh, really can you we should, you should talk can, to my players so, so they're like okay can we well, we have a thing going on this week in my sessions where where one of my players actually called me last night and was asking me for rules, uh, rulings on weird, like magical stuff, like because he's trying to figure out a way that they can ambush this guy that they that they're that they're um, wanting to take out because basically what happens is you never want to have a fair fight in this game. I mean, you're like, if, if I can figure out a way to sneak up on a guy invisible and shoot him in the back with massive firepower before he ever has a chance to uh, attack me, that's the way you want to go about a fight. If Personally, you're having I, a fair fight in this game, you're in trouble. I, I love that stuff. Like, I, I have always hated how how uh, NPCs never use tactics for some reason. And oh, just run out? Well, one, of, one of the most famous ones I had was I had a game where... Hold on. My players were <laughs> terrified of a kobold cult, or not cult, but uh, tribe, kobolds. But they used tactics, and it was the first times they really came across like actual dragon, tactic, uh, and they were dragon mountain. Or that. They were so scared, and you can make the lowly kobold scary just by having them not just stand there and swing. Right. You well, that's the, the the first session TPKs I've had have been with goblin goblins. Mm. The other, the other white meat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, so, so, and and it was because the, and it wasn't because it was particularly impossible to beat that encounter. It was simply because the characters were like, oh, they're just goblins. We're going to walk in and wade through them. And oh no, (laughs) the goblins also happened to have a ballista. And yeah, and they funneled you down this hallway where you didn't have any uh, maneuverability, and they shot the ballista at you and skewered three characters in the process. So, or they, it's or a, they were, you know, oh, what's that smell? Is that pitch? <laughs> it's uh, it's a learning curve sometimes. Yeah. So so. Uh, one of the things that's cool about this game is it's really easy to mod. So what, a thing that I do with my game uh, is... Are these the goblins? Yes. Okay, see, now that's a different kind of goblin. Hit dice is 1d6. No, but look at the picture. 
I like that. Pitch, the, the goblin pitcher. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut no, you off. The goblin pitcher looks very angry in this. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like a, what's that grumpy old guy? Um, Me. <laughs> he kind of looks like Creature in, in Harry Potter. Yes. But he, he also looks like an actor. And I'm not even going to waste time trying to figure it out. Anyway. But I, whatever. <laughs> uh, so. So one of the things I've borrowed from one of the blogs online uh, is something called a death and dismemberment table. So when oh, my players get to zero with their hit points, they roll dice on the death and dismemberment table. And you roll poorly enough and it's an instant death. Um, kind of like the Warhammer, the old Warhammer fantasy role play. Exactly. Those critical hits were some of my favorite, uh, exactly. favorite things of the game. So when a player gets to zero, they roll on the and, and sometimes it's like, oh, it wasn't it was just a flesh wound. No big yeah. deal. And they can j jump right up and they're fine. But then other times, uh, if they roll certain uh, results, the uh, character ends up with a scar or a wound or a uh, limp or they're missing a finger or something like that. And so what you end up with is characters with um, these sort of like, you know, a lot of flavor as well as a little bit of a mechanical penalty for letting your character get down to zero. That's cool. That's that was an add-on. That was not something that Frog Gods published. It was something I pulled from the internet. But it, yeah, but it fit well. You know, yes. they were able to write for it. Yeah, right. Well, Josh gave us the uh, five-minute roll. But uh, so, what do you, Nate? Just for listeners, what do you what do you think? Oh, I think this is an excellent game. I mean, just from. What you were talking about, like you're obviously passionate about it, which is yes. always good, which means that th it has a lot of redeeming qualities. And the fact that it's just a, a, a skeleton that you can pound on whatever you want. Like you said, there's a lot of people out there. So it's not just, you know, he's like, oh, it's a great game. Like there's other people out there like, hey, this is such a good game that I'm actually going to add stuff to it. Like yeah, fan yeah. fiction. <clears throat> that's a great compliment to any game. So I I think it, like I'd try to play it, I, to be honest. I think I, that sounds like a fun old like uh back to the original D, D days of just here here's very simple rules very simple you add what you want but roll some dice out and I, and I, I like doing these podcasts talking to people because i always assume something like this would be more complicated like or something no i go this is for an experienced guy well, or something but no it's it's not well, <laughs> when he first yeah. said at when he's like yeah. the original dungeon i'm like yeah. oh my gosh charts it's gonna be charts <laughs> no but now i know you know like if somebody wants to ask well i don't want to play D, &D. i want to say something you know this i could recommend this to them and say hey this isn't a, this is simple bare bones like he said skeleton bare bones all that good stuff and then um i think the price is 34.95 for the core right so it's not bad I mean, right. complete, and then it's complete. complete rules. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's a complete rule book. I don't know what else to say. And they have good, and they have, do have good product support with adventures and and there's some must, yeah. in monster books and stuff like that. And and then the, I guess with the new direction they're going as far as formats of the books goes, they're also going to start putting out a little bit of other. Uh, apparently, it's going to have some of the newer adventures they're putting out. It's going to be a sword and sorcery sort of feel. So rather than being like set in a specific place, you can go. Oh, can just pull this out and drop it into pretty much any game that any oh, okay. setting that you want to produce for your for your own home game. And then um, we did have some. They were able to. Uh, this guy was funny. When I emailed them. I said, "Hey, I want to get some of your books. You know, you know, because they deal. Uh, I think direct or some other. 
I don't know. I dealt with him directly. Right. It was real nice. But I, I remember emailed him and then he randomly called like, hey, this is, you know, whatever his name is, Tom or something like that. This is, I just saw your wizard. You want some stuff? I'm like, okay. He's real casual about it. You know, there was no, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, talked to him and he's real nice. But uh, he also sent a bunch of uh, these sword and wizardry lights, which are basically what you said were just mm-hmm. the broken down core rules. So if you want to check it out, we have a bunch of these you can uh, right. take from the shop. and Yeah, and there's people that run games just off that, basically off that card. That, <laughs> yeah, that, that's no. all they play is off that card. Yeah, It's pretty funny. But uh, yeah, you got that going. Um, new players? Would you, you suggest for new players? All right. How about experienced players? Obviously, you would suggest yeah, for them. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, think it's, I think it's a pretty good all-around game for just about anybody who wants to play. Yeah. The, the exception is, is if you want... You know, these sort of like mechanically defined powers and skills for a character, that is not the game for you. If you're looking for, so if you're looking for feats and, uh, you know, powers or the number crunchers, the number crunchers probably wouldn't like this. It's not, they should go to a different direction. In in your mind though, like what, what would set this apart from somebody who's like, let's say, is into Savage Land or Savage Worlds and stuff like that? Like, you know, that's another kind of catch all bare bones type of game like right how how does how did this stand apart for you to be like i want to play this over that other gurp or generic role um game? i like the so savage worlds is more of a skill by system yeah and this is very class this is you know a class based so when you progress it's instead of progressing skill you progress you know the the class all the class abilities progress over time um you know, I think it's just maybe just a taste thing. Okay. I mean, certain people who are into who who like the the Savage World sort of way that system works better, they may or may not like this one as well. I like Savage Worlds. I play some Savage Worlds also, um, and and I think you know, but it's very similar in that it's got that sort of bare bones sort of feel to it that that Savage Worlds can have as well. I think just by looking at it, like if I was playing, like if I picked up Savage right. World, which there's nothing wrong with it, but right. my personal taste would be directed right. towards this, just from the cover, you know. The right, argument. right, yeah. And this is, and mm. this, this does play really fast. Where I find Savage World sometimes is a little bit slower. Yeah. Where especially when you have somebody that's got a stack of bennies sitting in front of them. Yeah. And they can go, okay, I'm going to re-roll that. I'm going to re-roll that. Um, where this is like, you know, you can be through a. You can be through four or five combats in a session real easy. That's always nice too. Just simple dice rolls for combat. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It's it it runs it runs very quickly. All right. Well, thanks for coming in, Travis. Oh, very uh, welcome. We have this, Thank you. We do have this available, and I plan on getting more stuff from them because they do have bunnies and burrows. Believe it or not, really, that's the game. They have that license. Josh is going to hate me, but we're getting bunnies and burrows. <laughs> uh, just a couple last things before we go. Um, I don't know why I picked that up. Anyway, Travis is. Uh, we're trying to put together a game master masterminds. It's going to be a podcast based on experienced game masters coming together, picking a top subject or a problem and discussing it. It's like a 40 minute deal. Something like that. Yeah. We hope to uh, be able to prod, uh, podcast that video cast it and everything. But uh, Travis is looking for some more. Uh, he's taking applications or looking for more uh, 
what's the word? Not applications. Uh, DMs. Old DMs. Old old DMs. Yeah. Old, old, old game masters. Old Experienced game masters. Are big OG thing. GMs. I yeah. love that. <laughs> yeah. But not as, you know, um, really what I'm looking for is people who've run games in, a, in at least two or three different uh, systems or or settings at very minimum um, who, who've got who've spent a little bit of time on that they don't have to have been doing it for ten or twenty years. I mean, four or five years would be certainly acceptable. Yeah, cut your teeth already. You're no longer green, right? So because you know if you it's easy to find a lot of uh, sort of basic, um, simple or some of the some of the basic sort of recommendations for game masters on YouTube and blogs and, you know, like, how do I start a campaign? How do I, how do I, how do I create a character? But there's anybody who's GM'd any kind of game for very long knows that they run up against some thorny issues from now on. Yeah. I think that's what you want to do. And I want to, and I want to be sort of like that advanced level of, okay, this weird thing happened in my game and I've never experienced it before. And I totally (laughs) blew it. I freaked out. No. Yeah. And I freaked out. And we've all been there. Uh, What's your email that you want to get in contact with? Uh, Grumpy Wizard, G-R-U-M-P, the letter E, wizard at gmail.com. We'll put it in the link or uh, give us a call here at the shop and get a hold of him. And then hopefully we get that going. Um, What was the other thing? And I do also have a blog if you're interested in it. Yeah, go ahead. Shoot pimp it. my stuff. Uh, it's a, and that's actually the Grumpy Wizard blog. Uh, it's grumpywizard.blog.home. If you just search for Grumpy Wizard blog, you'll probably yeah. come across it. I pl- I post something there two, three times a week. So Okay. Yeah, Josh will uh, we'll have Josh to attach that, right? Since he's sitting there doing nothing anyway. <laughs> oh, man. He's rolling his eyes at me. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we have this in stock. We have the uh, Fast Play rules if you want to come check them out. We have that going on. Um, man, there was one more thing. you got to do it verbally. I'm not. I'll try. I know. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at you. I don't know what's going on. I'm looking at my little chart here. I got nothing. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next one we're going to do is 28th. We're going to be uh, Fate of Cthulhu. Yes. And we're going to look at some Luminale came out. Oh, Luminale. that's right. Yeah. Did you see that big old uh, king in yellow adventure out there? I did. I, I did. All right. It's pretty exciting. It's then calling me. See if the we'll to see. Let's we'll see what happens too. with that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, thanks for uh, stopping by or listening or uh, taking a minute to look. Um, give us a call, 216-712-7169 at the shop here. Uh, check out our website, immortalsinc.com. Check us on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter. Instagram. Pretty much all the social media. And all the good stuff. And uh, thank Travis again. And thank you for coming in. And we'll see you next time.